I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Sun Sports Podcast. I'm David Friel. I'm joined today by Kenny Miller, my colleague. Kenny, how are you? Hi, David. I'm fine. Two weeks off work after the Scottish Cup final. Ready to go again? Well, the Scottish Cup final was well, the second last game of the domestic campaign, but the last game of the season was on Saturday night in Mets. France 3, Scotland 0. It brought the curtain down on a, a forgettable time for Scotland, I suppose. Your views on the game, Kenny? I get a slagger in here, and I have done for the last three and a half years for a multitude of reasons, but mostly for being really positive about Scotland where there are no positives to be found but I am completely scunnelled by the national team just now and especially Gordon Strachan the guy for what reason? What you? I don't know where to start he just comes across just now as a man that does not want to be in that job it's just one whinge or one excuse after another just now and I do think there's been a real shift in public mood. It's always risky to go with social media as a gauge, but there's been a real shift in perception and mood, I think, in the last week. Whether it's moaning about not having a superstar, whether it's moaning about players being too scared to play against the bigger nations, it just seems a strange way to approach a new qualifying campaign. He has said he's say, Gordon Sack, in the last week or so, you know, from the time when the team was still in Scotland, to go to Malta to play Italy and lose that game to then France again. And, and you're right, there has been a sort of theme developing where he's talking about you know, what we can't do, what we don't have. What is your opinion on this team? Is this team that Scotland have got capable of qualifying for the World Cup? I think they should have qualified for the Euros from a rank average group that we were in. And football people told Gordon Strachan and real football fans in the golf course told Gordon Strachan that we didn't do anything wrong against Georgia. Well, we did. Everybody else managed to do better than we did in Georgia. So we, we bought that. We blew it in Dublin when too many people celebrated a draw against an average Republic team who are now going to enjoy the Euros. So he was lucky there was a clamour for him to get another campaign. And the Scotland team, I think, should be good enough to compete for second in the World Cup qualifying campaign, but I just don't see it just now. I just think we don't look as if we've come on much at all from the team that Craig Levine left. Maybe that's harsh against two teams like Italy and France, but... It's thoroughly demoralising to not see a shot on goal over two games against anyone. Gordon Strachan can say they took, they took the games against two of the, the bigger nations and, and the better nations because he wanted to give his players something. He wanted to give them an edge. End a long, hard season for them. They're not going to Euros. Probably couldn't really be bothered being there, but they were there. They turned up. He wanted to play against the best in the world. Is that a mistake in hindsight? Would it have been better to play against lesser nations and build morale, build momentum ahead of the multi game? I've started now, so I'll finish there's a number of things that are annoying me just now with Scotland. What about this line we're always fed about how we always play well against the better nations, which is a complete myth because we end up with no points, but we're not even playing well against the bigger nations, so now we're too scared to play against them. So he contradicts himself there. The young players that he calls up, he doesn't want to expose them to games like the France one, even though you're playing a French team that trusts their kids. And I don't care if those kids are playing at better teams, it's all relative. Our kids are the ones we've got. Then you play Russell Martin at right back ahead of Callum Patterson, who probably by default is going to be a right back for the next five years 
or so. I can't even remember your original question. I've just completely scurled. No, and my point was, should should we have been taking games like that? I mean, I'm sure financially they were lucrative. The SFA probably made a bit of money out of them, you know, high profile. But has it set Scotland back getting into these qualifiers? Because at the end of the day, qualifiers is all that matters. It does. It has set us back in terms of morale, in terms of trust between the punters, in terms of confidence for the the players they can say what they want to the country but it's bound to, bound to have an impact and that, this is another one of my many rants about Scotland we never play the ranking system when it comes to choosing friendly opposition other countries like Norway with much better records of getting to finals do we just seem to have this haphazard approach we'll take games against Qatar for money we'll take glamour games we'll play non-entities sometimes there's no consistency to it when inevitably we slide and lose games and get no points we're drawn in tougher groups and people say ah oh, we're always drawn in tough groups the luck's always against us we are exactly where we deserve to be as a football nation and that's lying in the gutter gazing up at the Josh McGuinnesses of this world at the Euros in terms of the team in terms of the qualifiers Will there be many changes, do you think? Do you think Gordon Strachan has seen enough? And not just these last two games, obviously, the Czech Republic game and the Denmark game as well. Has he seen enough in guys like Kieran Tierney, John McGinn? You know, new faces from the last campaign. Will they be thrown in against Malta if, if fit? He'll go back to the tried and tested, won't he? I mean, he gets, cre- he gets credit for bringing through somebody like Andy Robertson, but then dropped him for the big games against Ireland and Germany because he was too small. Despite everything he, he puts out about height not being an issue. Kieran Tierney you can see starting at left back because he's surely proven beyond all doubt that he's a player but I think beyond that I, I just don't I don't see it I'll, I'll throw it back to you you're not getting away with no opinions here no, what do you, well, you think is going to happen? I, I do think I don't, th- I don't think there'll be huge changes but I, I do think guys like John McGinn Barry Mackay if he continues his uh, progress in, in the Premier League and, and Kieran Tierney as well and I, and I do think they will lift the squad to an extent I, th- I think Scotland have got a a decent start away against Malta. I think that's the three points is a must, and I do agree. I think I think just now, you know, as I, as I said last week in the podcast, you know, it's about doom and gloom about the place, and I don't think these two games against Italy and France helped at all. But if the team can get, you know, if they get away, get recharge your batteries, get a decent start to the campaign, I still don't think the World Cup places out with Scotland's reach. Are we guaranteed to beat Malta? I think so. I think so. Come on, right. what a bad. Thanks for joining me, David. <laughs> I'm just completely scurred. That's, that's the word that, that keeps bringing to mind. I've had the enthusiasm beaten out of me by Gordon Strachan in the last couple of weeks. So Scotland's summer campaign is over. Everybody else is going to the Euros. Well, it seems like everybody else is going to the Euros. Good luck, good luck to them. Who's going to win the Euros, Kenny? Who are the favourites? Who, who do you expect to be in the final? It doesn't seem like that long ago since French football was in crisis and they were being ridiculed and there's no players coming through and now look at the average age of that team and the, the potential they've got, the players they can afford to leave out. Same with Spain, they can leave out Javi Martinez, can't they? Mm. Which is incredible when you think how good he is. So I think it'll come down to the I think it'll come down to the usual suspects, but certainly if the French avoid any of their sort of routine dressing room bust ups then they look a good bit. As a host nation as well, it always gives them an advantage. You would you would think. I think the last twice uh, France have hosted tournaments, they have won it as well. But I think if you look at the strength and depth they've got as well, they're, they're as good as anybody in the tournament. They must be. So many options in midfield and great variety, whether it's creativity, pace, power, they're just well-rounded. I mean, listen, Germany will be there or thereabouts, but no, France, France look a good bet. Do you think there'll be any surprise packages? There's something about Wales. I don't know. I just like the way they've gone about it. I, I read a great piece where... They do have a superstar. They, they do have, well, they have at least one superstar and two very, mm. well, Aaron Ramsey on top of that. 
and Joe Ledley seems to have shaken off a broken leg, mm-hmm. which is a, an achievement. But I read their, their FA have spent basically the bulk of their tournament income on the facilities mm-hmm. and the training camp for their players, which is something because a lot of associations have just squirrel this money away for a rainy day, but they've put it back in into training pitches. What is it? The, the former Cardiff groundsman has been living over there mm-hmm. to make sure the pitches are okay. They get pictures up everywhere. Just the best of the best. They're they're going there to qualify and just make up the numbers. How far can we get Wales? Because everybody's going to talk about England of the home nations, but can Wales get further in the same group? I think England. England have never won an opening game in the Euros. Is that right? I'm not sure. Well, I've just made that. I'll say it enough authority that it sounds right. <laughs> I could see Wales squeezing past England. You know, I'm not shy of a ridiculous prediction. No. I can I can see Wales squeezing through ahead of England because I think Roy Hodgson suddenly got a lot more questions than answers. He's left some big players out. He looks like a guy that's crowbarring Wayne Rooney into the team no matter no matter what. Doesn't know what to do with Vardy. He's playing Jack Wilshere, who's I'd probably more, had more minutes for my Sunday League team this year than Wilshere's had for Arsenal. And that's it was a good a start last week. It, it helps with the sick new managers, and since Jack Wilshere last played in the domestic minutes. Well, there we go. Um, so on the back, on the back of all that, the mentality they've got going, I could see Wales doing something. I also think it says a lot for Gareth Bale that he was straight in to mix with the Wales squad. Cristiano Ronaldo took himself off for a holiday after Real Madrid winning the Champions League. Bale was straight in there, and you only do that if you think there's something special going on. Do you think the fact as well with Wales, and Northern Ireland to an extent as well, because England and the Republic of Ireland have qualified regularly for tournaments, it's been that long for both Wales and Northern Ireland, does that give them an added incentive for these guys, you know, it's a, 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 you know once in a career opportunity for guys, like you talked about Joel Edley, Aaron Ramsey, these guys have been playing international football for a long, long time, same as Steve Davis at Northern Ireland, does that give them an added incentive to go and really make a success of Absolutely, there's no pressure on them whatsoever and a lot of these guys like Ramsey and Bale have been in that Wales team since they were 16, 17 getting doings routinely every time they, they turned up so I think they'll go there to enjoy it you know the burden that's going to be on the England players the pressure that they don't start well whereas Wales, what have they got to lose? Just go there and enjoy it Are England falling into the same old traps? I mean every time before a major tournament there always seems to be a key player suffering injury or not fully fit this year it's Jack Wilshere Robin Henderson you've also as you, as you mentioned with Wayne Rooney you've got Vardy and Kane up there two of the informed strikers in Europe last season but they're trying to crowbar Wayne Rooney in are they falling into the same old traps England? And Vardy's got the uncertainty over his, mm-hmm. his own club situation as well I think they do that's the reassuring thing about England they always revert to type the media are talking them up as the title to do there's not many superstars in that England team mm-hmm. is there? I don't know what Gordon Strachan's view is on, on that but I don't know. I just think they've what three wins coming into this. Roy Hodgson's trying to play up the strength of that, but they're not playing well. You can just see England falling flat in their face again. Just leave Rooney out. I think a big manager wouldn't be scared to drop Wayne Rooney if it was for the good of the team who played Daily Alley instead. Do you think Roy Hodgson is scared to drop him? Yeah, hundred percent. You do? Yeah. I don't think I don't think there's any conceivable circumstance where he'll drop Wayne Rooney. Just because of his state, it's because of his reputation. He doesn't, you know. He's his, he's his captain. He's a big personality, obviously within the squad. He's he'll be the poster boy for all their advertising campaigns. I'd be amazed if he dropped Wayne Rooney, but he should. We've got the Republic Island and Northern Ireland also in the tournament. We'll start with the Republic. How do you see them going? I know you're not a huge fan of their team. I hope they go all the way <laughs> purely because I love the pictures of their fans with the Father Ted flags <laughs> <laughs> so even just for that I don't want that to come across as a criticism of Republic of Ireland so, it's almost a compliment is that I do think they have a pretty average team I don't agree that they're night and day better man to man than Scotland 
but what they've clearly got is bucket loads of character, which maybe we don't have. So, despite what Roy Keane said last week, maybe they've, they've earned the right to, to be there. In terms of Roy Keane, he's obviously put the camera on the pigeons by being so blunt and so honest. To the point of, especially with his comments about Aidan McGeady, you know, he was asked about Aidan McGeady's performance, I think, against Belarus, and he said, could have done better, but there you go, that's the story of Aidan's career. Now, this is a guy that's just been named in the Euro squad, yeah. and Roy Keane has basically just branded him an underachiever. It's a fair comment. But Roy Keane's now apologised for that. Martin O'Neill has said Roy didn't, Roy was a bit harsh with his words. So, does Roy Keane run the fine line between being honest and going over the score because if you're a player Aidan McGee's probably struggling for a bit of confidence it didn't really go that well for him at Sheffield Wednesday and you've got Roy Keane basically saying you should have been a lot better than you actually turned out to the be. assistant manager is usually the good cop isn't he they're usually the one that cajoles players and gets them to play better well maybe maybe. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on LinkedIn you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra start hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com people today Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The roles are reversed and maybe Roy Keane batters them into submission The Martin Neal's the one that has a reassuring word in the year before they go out and they, they think, well, I'll show Roy Keane and I'll play for Martin O'Neill. So maybe it's deliberate. Martin Neal must be quite happy for Roy Keane to go out and do these things or he wouldn't put them up as often yeah, as he does. Yeah. Potentially that is it. So you think that was just all engineered in a bid to get Eden McGee to play better? Well, it's not really worked for any of his other managers because he hasn't done much over the years, but he's not going to be a star for Republic, is he, Eden McGee? I mean, I he, 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 did, he, he didn't be. even do that much for Sheffield Wednesday, so... Well, talent-wise, he should be. He should be in that team, but he's not... That, I mean, I think he was OK for Sparta at Moscow. I think he did quite well. It's not really happened for him since he came to Everton and then Sheffield Wednesday, but I think on ability-wise, Eden McGee should be in that team. And you also need to remember he talked about Georgia, you know, Scotland's defeating Georgia. It was Aidan McGee that scored two goals for Ireland to get them a 2 1 win over there. So I just found it fascinating that Martin O'Neill is having to build bridges already between these players and Roy Keane. You know more about the Irish camp than me, and you've, you've stared down Roy Keane already <laughs> this year. Well, that is the thing. I mean, I did, I did cover a few of the Ireland games because of Scotland's group, and I agree with what you're saying. I don't think they're a very good. Great bunch of lads. That well, it's not. I, I don't think they're. I think you look at them and I don't think there's much between them and Scotland at all, if anything. I think they are, I think Scotland are probably individually a better team. But Martin O'Neill somehow managed to get two big, big performances against Germany out of them, and that to me made all the difference. Does that mean Gordon Strachan's yeah. underachieved badly then as Scotland manager? No, but I think, no, I, I think. <laughs> that was a straightforward question, I'd like a straightforward answer. Has he underachieved? I think Scotland should have got to the finals. 100%. I'll take a yes or no question yeah, if you want to go on with the podcast. Yeah, because they should, have, well, they should have got to the finals, of course they should. I don't think anybody's so he's underachieved to Scotland yeah, manager. Right, I don't that's think anybody's going to deny that. 
But Particularly enough, but that's fine. No, I don't think so. No, of course he underachieved. But I, I do think Ireland overachieved, especially against Germany. You know, the Georgia one, I don't know. I, th- I think he should be going and winning, winning against Georgia. I think Scotland should have done exactly the same. And I was definitely underachieving. But I do think it'll be interesting to see what Martin O'Neill gets out of these players because a lot of them are, are old. I think Ireland are probably average age will be as old as any in the tournament. But I, I do think, you know, I think he can get that extra 10% out of them. A manager who can do that with his team clearly is Michael O'Neill who you know we spoke earlier about how Hibs had a couple of chances to appoint him as manager and, and opted not to I think that is now viewed as a mistake because it's not a smart decision <laughs> from Rod Petrie he's worked absolute wonders has he not? he has and like I was saying with the Welsh looking after their players you can, you can say the same for Michael O'Neill I read that he'd, he'd made a big show on inviting all the staff to eat with the players and said we're a team here it's not just the people on the pitch and you can see people buying into it and we joke about Josh McGuinness. I have so much respect for Josh McGuinness because he is, to all intents and purposes, I would say, a limited footballer who has made the most of himself. And you can never criticise a guy like that who gives everything. And he he deserves to enjoy his, his moment this summer. So you take these guys, you mould them into a unit, and the unbeaten run was, was tremendous. Mm-hmm. So no, similar to, to Wales, you don't know where that can take them. They've also They're capable of scalping a result or two. Yeah, I think so as well. And they've also got a, a goalkeeper, you know, that's familiar with Scottish football, Michael McGovern, a guy that's really had to, you know, was it Celtic as a kid, went to Dundee United, went to Falkirk, went to places like Ross County as well. He's now the Hamilton Aki's goalkeeper. He's one of the busiest men in Scottish football, and certainly was last year, but he was outstanding. He's now Northern Ireland's number one, and he's a free agent as well. So for me, Michael, if he does really, really well in the, in the Euros, and I don't see any reason why he wouldn't, what a chance he's got to go and get a really big move for himself. But another guy that's obviously got a strong mentality to bounce back from a few blows, same as McGuinness. Look at the difference he made when he came into that Kelly team for the, the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It is a great shop window for these guys. You think McGovern will be busy enough that he'll get a, a chance to impress. Are they there to make up the numbers, Northern Ireland? Can they go and do anything? The way Michael O'Neill seems to go about his business, he's another one that doesn't come across as a guy that will just rest in his laurels or, or want to be embarrassed. Thing now they're there, they'll want to go and make an impression. Whether they've got it in them is another question. But I think we would almost be happy to get there to make up the numbers, but I don't get that from the other home nations. Like Sunsport and Facebook for all the Scottish football latest. Okay, we're going to go through some quick fire predictions. Um, you have your say, I'll have my say. Which of the home nations is going to go furthest? The Welsh. I agree with you, I think it'll be the Welsh. Who's going to be the player of the tournament? Josh McGuinness. So, um, Paul Pogba is a beast of a player. I'm going to say Eden Hazard. Who's going to be top goal scorer? Oh, it's a big one. I'm going to say Giroud, just because of the service he'll get, not because he's the best player. I'm going to say Lukaku. And who is going to win it? You quite fancy Belgium, don't you? They're even that good against that Duff Scotland team. They're a good team. Who's going to win it? The French. French? Yeah, I've always liked the French. Okay, I'll go for Germany then. How can you back the Belgians to play the tournament? <laughs> top scorer, and then you pick Germany. I'm covering my bets here. Just finally, Kenny, before we say farewell for the summer, we'll go to domestic right. football season tickets. It's a fashion accessory of the summer. Yep. People are queuing up outside Celtic Park as we speak to buy them. Thousands on Monday, a lot more again on Tuesday at Hearts. So, what are you saying? I think it's 12,500. And they're confident of smashing through 15. Yeah. You have Rangers as well. Rangers fans queuing up to buy them. You know, Dave King put out a statement at the weekend thanking the fans for their support. Is Scottish football becoming trendy? 
when we were speculating about Celtic getting a big name manager, I think we all said if they show a bit of ambition, the new manager will pay for itself with season tickets sales. So Brendan Rodgers already paid for himself. Rangers have been ambitious. They've signed Rossiter, they've signed Barton. Season ticket sales follow. I think they would always have sold well. The Hearts fans, I think, are a different breed because they back their club mm. like few other. I think across the board, season ticket sales have, have generally been up. So no, I, I do think there are loads of interest in wee mini plots this year. Mm-hmm. And we, as as we record this, we wait to find out what's happening at Hibs. That could change in five minutes or five days. But there are some fascinating wee wee tales about to unfold. I think this year we've spoken a lot in, in, in the podcast over the last few weeks about Brendan Rodgers and Joey Barton. You know, the arrival of both Celtic and at Rangers has really captured the imagination. But you're talking about subplots. You're talking about other clubs as well. You know, Hearts. I've got real backing in terms of fans. Aberdeen will be the same. Can those clubs mount a challenge? Everybody's talking about Celtic Rangers. Can Hearts and Aberdeen maintain the progress of the last few years and really mount a challenge? Aberdeen won't. Hearts could. I think Aberdeen have blown their best bet and they haven't achieved enough for the opportunity that is in front of them. That's great. That's quite controversial. I don't think it is. I've routinely downplayed Aberdeen's so-called achievements. I think they've done well to be consistently best of the rest. I think they really should have had more than one trophy to show for the, the spell without Rangers. Well, listen, I, I, I agree in that sense. For the I money think, they're spending uh, compared to... And I think Derek McKenna said that himself last year, you know, that he really wanted some silverweight to show for the progress. And they have shown progress, you know, you just need to look at a points tally, but you don't believe that they'll be the main challengers to Celtic and or Rangers this season? may finish behind them in the table but I don't think there'll be much of a challenge I, I think Craig Slater would be a good signing for Aberdeen if they can get that one mm-hmm. over the line there's a bit of ambition there I just think they've also signed Stockley from Bournemouth and Mel Story from Inverness so they've, they've added more firepower to the team as well I think well. it'll be the same old story from Aberdeen next year promise much deliver little I think there's something more robust about Hearts from top to bottom I think they're a well run club and I think if they recruit well well, that's Connor Salmon or whether that's someone else. I, I just think Hearts could pip Aberdeen. They almost did it in the first season back. So I, I think Hearts will be the best of the rest next year. Is it the danger with Hearts, the second season syndrome? And there's going to be changes again. You know, guys have moved on. And, and, and you know, Robbie Nielsen under Craig Levine. Craig Levine always did it in the United as well. He, he kind of chops and changes and, and always, always tries to improve his, his team every, every summer with a couple of additions. Is that crucial that they get a couple of players a high calibre? Because I look at the signs, Conor Salmon, decent player. Is he going to really improve Hearts to the extent where you'd be going to challenge? I think it's the ruthlessness that's one of Hearts' biggest qualities. I think Robbie Nielsen would ditch his own parents if he thought he could get a better upbringing with other people. I mean, he shows no sentimentality for Mm. boys that he really, really likes as people. If he thinks he can get a footballer's 1% better, he does it. There's no resting in their laurels, there's no complacency. I just... Whether Corner Salmon's the man, I don't know. I haven't seen enough of him playing in the, the Diddy Leagues in England, you know, I don't care for that kind of stuff. So I'm going on Corner Salmon. Mm-hmm. If he's that guy, then no. Player. But yeah, if he's progressed player. since, then, then yeah. I think some of the Hearts foreign contingent, especially, will benefit from the second season. I think we might see more from somebody like Juan Ma second mm-hmm. time, second time round. In if terms they, of if they can sort a goalkeeper, then I think they'll be in an even better position. In, in terms of the clubs, is anybody else kind of catching your eye in terms of the business? It's been a pretty quiet start to the summer. Do you well, Inverness have managed to get rid of John Hughes, so they, you think, should pick up. Keep bang up to date with Scottish football by following Sun Sport on Twitter. I'm interested in the Championship, obviously, for, for personal reasons, mm-hmm. but I'm interested to see what Ray McKinnon does with a blank canvas at Tannadice. They've managed to get rid of Paul Payton as well. So he's got a bit to work with there. 
there's Ray McKinnon, is the pressure off slightly? Because Hibs are Scottish Cup winners are in Europe. They could be appointing a high profile manager, Neil Lennon. Is it pressure? Do you think Ray McKinnon will prefer that? That he can just work away in the background? Obviously, there's the expectation, huge expectation, Dundee United, but Hibs already are the hot favourites with the bookies. There's big pressure on Hibs because they are a Premiership club in their eyes in the Championship for a third straight season. They're making £700,000 losses, but I think it's a different kind of pressure than the United are under because Hibs have no real debt. They've got a great stadium, great training ground. United don't really have these things to fall back on or the assets. They have an unpopular owner who... who much does he have left in the family fund to go back and keep bailing the club out so I think there's a different kind of pressure on Dundee United I think Ray McKinnon certainly at the very minimum has to get them up through the playoffs so it's a different sort of pressure but pressure nonetheless So this is the final podcast for the season for the 2015-16 season Kenny it was the season Celtic won five in a row Rangers won promotion to the Premier League Ross County won their first major honour and Hibs ended a 114 year wait for the Scottish Cup and still didn't get promotion either despite um, what Bill like he says it was still the best weekend <laughs> of my life how would you sum up the season? great I love Scottish football we're so down on ourselves and for good reason because the national team's hopeless we never qualify for anything the teams are bombed out of Europe routinely by the time my, my son Tans even had a chance to go from see-through to white but no one does car crash compelling football like us there's mm-hmm. always something to talk about something to write about and next season is going to be even better what do you expect next season? Let's get the crystal ball out. Carnage. <laughs> Every day is waiting with bated breath to see the first 50-50 between Scott Brown, who I'm not exactly a massive fan of, and Joey Barton. That's going to be great. We'll see who cracks first between Brendan Rodgers and Mark Warburton. There'll be a lot of over-the-top respect in the early weeks. Mm-hmm. We'll see who cracks first. We'll see Scotland v England. I'm less fussed about that now than... That was an ordeal, but... The last Scotland-England friendly was, was hard to bear as well for, for a multitude of reasons again. I just think there's, there's so much to, to look forward to and uh, Sun Sports obviously the best place to follow, <laughs> follow events. I've got, I've got my sixth man review coming up so I'm going to get that one in. Kenny, thanks. Thank you, David. Cheers.